about the world. I mean, and um, so many people will, you know, come pray for me. I need deliverance. Well, you can pray for hours when there's no deliverance because they simply just have to believe the truth um, in an area of their life. I mean, and that's what I'm trusting for this morning. So one of the things that um, that op- often happen is we extract certain scriptures out of the Bible and that we use them to encourage us and to motivate us and to speak over our lives and speak over each other. And they are wonderful scriptures and millions of people get strengthened by them. But sometimes we only stick to the ones that we like and then we ignore all the other ones. So we, uh, we create the imbalanced um, foundation. I was thinking here in the front that I should do like a note for note, like lyrica lie, okay. I'm going to say the name of a book and then somebody has to shout uh, the scripture that comes to mind. And Johan would say, and 50 rankies van Absam, but we don't play that here. So let's start. Jeremiah. <laughs> Who wants to go? 29.11. Man, oh, that's amazing. I'm a prophet. <laughs> what does it say? <laughs> what does it say? Come on. Get out. We know the plans that he has for us, right? The plans to prosper us and to give us a hope and a future. Amen. Not for evil, for good. <laughs> Who of you can quote the other scriptures in that chapter? One to ten. Who can quote that? <laughs> hmm? No one. <laughs> You know, the context of uh, 29.11, it's at the end of a speech <laughs> or end of a prophecy or at the end of a letter that Jeremiah was writing to the Jews that were exiled in Babylon. They were forcefully taken from their homeland, taken away into captivity, um, suppressed, oppressed, and the temple was destroyed. Okay, so Jeremiah was uh, prophesying to them. And uh, so Jeremiah 29 verse 1, these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent to the surviving elders and the exiles, so those who were still alive, (laughs) and to the priests and the prophets and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So they were captives, prisoners, right? And then he starts this, verse 4, Thus says the Lord of hosts, To all the exiles who I have sent, I have sent into exile, to Babylon. Before I go there, one of the things he says is, Don't listen to the prophets and the diviners in your midst. Because they had prophets and they had people that were saying, God is saying this, God is saying that. Okay. But this is what God said to them in this place of captivity. 
the the uh, title of my preach is taking the punch build houses and live in them plant gardens and eat their produce take wives and have sons and daughters take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters multiply there do not decrease Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Okay, stay there where I've sent you. Live there, work there, multiply there, pray for the place. For thus says the Lord. Where is it? I'm losing my spot here. Verse 10. It's all together. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, Now God is speaking. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you, and I will fulfill to you the promise and bring you back to this place. <laughs> like, don't listen what everybody else is saying. Stay there. Work hard. <laughs> Make a life. Survive. Have kids. All of those. And then, for I know the plans that I have for you. <laughs> plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore the fortunes and gather you from the nations. So, the thing that happens to us the moment that we experience pain or suffering or hardship or discomfort is... We do not want to experience that. We do not like it. It's not nice. It's not comfortable. It's not what we want. We want it easy. We want it nice all the time. And we want people to, to tell us that God wants to give us the things that we want. That are nice and easy and pretty and blessed. But sometimes we are in situations that are very difficult. It causes us fear, anxiety, pain, sorrow, grief. And this is life. And God wants us to be able to take the punch. Amen. I'm not saying this slightly. I'm saying this with the fear of the Lord and with respect. I do, um, one of my hobbies is endurance sports, so I like to cycle and run and things like that. Endurance sport is basically just, in your spare time, suffering for fun. <laughs> yeah. 
That's all it is, really. You, you learn to suffer. So you go out and suffer either for this time or that time or short intervals of time. And, um, and that in itself um, makes you better at suffering. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense, but there's a spiritual um, principle behind it. Suffering does something in us. Suffering strengthens us. It makes us stronger. It creates steadfastness in us. It creates endurance. When we learn to suffer well, we get stronger. We can suffer better. We can go longer, further, faster, harder without getting tired, without getting weary, without quitting, without giving up. And I think that is something that the Lord wants to do in us this morning, in this time and in this season. He wants us to strengthen ourselves in Him. Firstly, when we go through things, it doesn't necessarily mean something is wrong, God is gone, you know, I'm doing something wrong, or I've sinned, somebody's cursed me, (laughs) whatever it is. Sometimes it's just life that's difficult and hard and challenging, and, and we need to live in this world and live in this life. And what I'm concerned for is spiritual reality. I mean, I can say, well... I know the plans that God has for you and he wants to bless you and prosper you and all of those things. But I also want to say God wants us to be strengthened in his might, to live in the power of his Holy Spirit, to burn like lights in the dark night so that when people see us experience loss and grief and pain and hardship, and whatever it may be, they see that we have something different. We have a hope. We have peace. We have faith. We have endurance. Amen. Okay. Lerike Rai, number two. Philippians. Verse what? Which verse? What does it say? I once saw somebody use that scripture to justify buying a private jet. (laughs) With somebody else's money. Well, the ministry, it's God's money. You already had a private jet. I don't know why I needed another one, but anyway... You'll give an account. But what, what does verse 10 and 12 say? You know, no one, that doesn't go on the fridge. You know, Philippians 4, verse 10 to 12. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that you concern for me and you were concerned for me. And I'm speaking of, I'm not speaking of being in need for I've learned 
whatever situation to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. It's like rolls of the tongue. You know, when Paul is speaking and he's saying, I can do all things in, through Christ who strengthens me. You know, he is a person that was really accustomed to suffering and hardship and pain. In Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 11, he speaks of what he went through. He says, I am speaking as a fool. I dare to boast. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am better. I am talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there is this daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. So never mind all of that, he has the daily pressure of anxiety because of leadership. Because, I mean, you can deal with the beatings and the cold and all of that, but shepherd people and give an account for their soul one day. That comes with real pressure. Who is weak? Am I not weak? Who is made to fall? Am I not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. And in, in his life, we see, we see an example of something. A, a, a weak man, a broken man. But yet the strength, I mean, <laughs> to suffer and endure and persevere. And he needed more than just motivational words to carry him. And after his life and 2,000 years after his death still, when, when we read what he's gone through, don't we see a testimony of Jesus? I mean, something real. It's evidence of what we believe to be real. That Jesus Christ is alive. That he is exactly who he said he was and is. And that if we follow him, live for him, or in his kingdom, it doesn't matter what we face. We can stand and withstand And there's people that get reached by just preaching a little bit of the word, saying that God wants to do this and God wants to do that. And it's going to, you know, 
This year is the year of the double portion. <laughs> Next year is the year of the greater glory. <laughs> the year after that, it's like elevated to the realm of the angels, whatever it is. And you get the bumper sticker with the face on it. And, you know, on the taxi that says God is good on the, on the window. But they put people's lives in danger as they... <laughs> Swerve like madmen through the morning traffic. I'm like, oh, God is great, but I don't know if it's going to keep you alive if you drive like that. We need something real. You know, and I am. I've got something, somebody that I really respect, that I, my life is completely open to them. So I'll, I'll call them updates. I'll send WhatsApps like, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. And then I get like real um, spiritual input. <laughs> you know, that type of input sometimes that you don't want. <laughs> the good stuff. So he said... Martin, remember the posture is important, you know. <laughs> Your face has to shine compassion and gentleness and love and everything. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so tired after these last three weeks and I shaved my beard off yesterday, so I've got that scary face again this morning. <laughs> I'm all ooze what I can ooze, but I don't think I'm going to pull it off. But I mean, even standing here, having to preach on short notice, in the last three weeks, to be, you said I must be vulnerable, I'll be vulnerable. I had to deal with a few situations that I wanted to vomit before going into them, like just with some work stuff and issues and like having to... You have a situation that you have to deal with to address and actually don't even want to. You actually want to say, I don't want to deal with this. I want somebody else to do it. But yet God gives us responsibility. He entrusts things to us, which means we have to carry them correctly. We have to be faithful. It means sometimes going and then addressing that thing you don't want to address. Facing the thing you don't want to face. Sometimes doing things that you don't want to do. You know, I had a, a, a few like, dot, 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 dot. And it's like, I'm also just a human being. Like we all, we are all just human beings. We all get tired. We all get weary. We all get weak, you know. And sometimes we want to quit. We want to run away. We want to give up. We don't want to. We don't want to be strong. We don't want to overcome. We don't. We just want to shrink back and lay back and hang back and go back, whatever. But yet I found that when I just say, yes, Lord, just help me. God, just give me the grace today, every day. Somehow that's this, by His Spirit, is this empowerment that comes. In 2 Peter 1.8 it says, His divine power gives us everything we need for life and godliness. Everything you need. Everything you need. Our human nature will say, I'm 
sick of it. Can't do this anymore. Can't live in this complex. Can't live in this country. Over this marriage. No more. <laughs> you know. All these kids, even mine. <laughs> I'm going to take a bat to work tomorrow. <laughs> then they'll learn. <laughs> you know. Run away. Go away. It's better somewhere else. <laughs> but that's not God. Jesus, somebody that taught me a bit about sports said this, Jesus came to earth to win. It always stuck with me, even though the guy's a bit unbalanced and everything. It stuck to me. He came here with a purpose. He determined in his heart, this is what he's here for. This is what he's going to do. Went all the way, didn't quit. Didn't give up. He didn't, he didn't shrink back. There's something in that for us. Say, we can do this. Whatever comes, whatever we face, whatever we go through, we can do this. One, because Jesus is alive. Anyone in him has eternal life in them. If Jesus is your Lord and you are born again, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. It says, the Bible says that the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. Okay, that means if we quit, it's, it's not because of lack of resources. And we have a hope. It's indescribable and full of glory. And Jesus promised, he said, in this life you will have trouble. I'm saying to us this morning, we will go through trouble, we will go through trials, we will go through hardship. This is the part of life. We will suffer loss, we will suffer grief. People will get hurt, people will die. But we can take heart because Jesus overcame the world. And that we can rejoice in our suffering, Romans 5, 3 to 5. Knowing that suffering produces this endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Amen. We need the truth encounter to, to see the reality of these things in the scripture, that's number one. And like, if we could all just like look left first and then look right. And see that we are a, a congregation of people here, a meeting together of people here, all different people, but all have emotional needs, material needs, relational needs. Some are in pain, some are in better places this morning. And God wants us to not just live in the truth of his word, but live in the fellowship of this family. Because when I am weak, maybe 
Kevin is strong this morning. Hey, Martin, how are you doing? He's always so friendly and optimistic. I'm like, ah, Kevin, I want to kill people at work. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> and he says, no, man, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Just get out of waterproofing as soon as you can. <laughs> God has got something better for you, for he knows the plans that he has for you. <laughs> Not for waterproofing, for peace. <laughs> And he can encourage me. We can encourage each other. You know, we, we, um, we meet together as elders on Friday mornings to drink coffee and eat donuts. And Why do you love? It, it makes it easier to skinner about the congregation when the donut is going in. I'm joking. We just... This Friday... Hey, how's it going? And we went around in a circle, and almost every single person was dealing with something hectic in their family or in their life or in their heart. Or, I mean, that we like just, just a group of elders. And that is a snapshot of the rest of us. Work pressure, family pressure, sick kids, Finances, different struggles, family issues, children, whatever it may be. People are going through very severe and heavy things. And we are supposed to be here to walk together and to live together and to help each other go all the way. Amen. Here's another scripture that's, um, <clears throat> it's like a little rhyme they teach you when you are small. This is how you conquer the devil. You put on the hat <laughs> in the plate. Now put on the, the belt and the boots. Now, you know, I've got my shield and my sword and I'm good to go. It's just a little rhyme that people say. Now I'm clothed in the armor of God. Now it's actually living in the evil world in a certain way. Living in the truth, living in righteousness, you know, being ready to preach the word and all of these things. Praying at all times in everything so that we can in the evil day stand and withstand. Maybe we can all stand. I don't know how to... Kevin is going to land this. <laughs> I don't know what happened before you came into this meeting. Today, yesterday, this week, last week, last month, in the last year, in the last three years. But I know this. Thirteen years ago, in a meeting like this, Jesus Christ came into my life, realized that He is alive, that He is the Lord, and that His Spirit can come into any person's life, any situation, at any time, and change anything. And Lord, I want to pray right now that Your presence will fill this place, Lord. 
Oh God, that the reality of who you are, the truth of who you are, will flood this building, flood this meeting, God. I, I don't know how you want to move or how you want to meet with people, but I know that many people need an encounter with your presence, an encounter with your truth, an encounter with your power. You promise us, Lord, that your power will give us everything we need for life and godliness, Lord. That we will not be overcome by evil, but that we will overcome evil with good. And I want to pray, Lord, that you, would, that you would do something in this place. God, that you will come and strengthen us. That we will be able to be resilient. That we will be overcomers. God, not quitters, not uh, people who give up, who run away, who give in, Lord, but that will stand and withstand and take the punch of anything that life can throw at us, God. And at the end of the day, keep our eyes on you. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Hmm. Come, Lord Jesus. Yeah, Lord, uh, <clears throat> you've released the words, Lord, of, uh, of uh, people going through serious things or feeling like they are in the ark and overwhelmed, confined, restricted, um, maybe weak and weary and just tired, God, or without hope or without vision, or without joy, without any life in them, bound up in different ways, Lord. I want to... I want to pray that you meet with your people this morning. And, um, yeah, I want, to, I want to trust you, Lord, that you'll do something here. Yes, Lord, we know that we are family. And God, there's times where things go well and there's times that, that, that it's tough. And so I want to open up the front right now. You know, and, and that's what family does. When, when, when somebody's going through a tough time, what I got out of this preach is don't do it on your own. If you're going to do 